and Thomas is betting on himself in a really big way. He's he he agreed to a ton of contract incentives based on him being healthy on the 53-man roster, being healthy and available on the active roster each week, and for catching you know certain numbers of passes, touchdown receptions, being selected for the Pro Bowl, the All Pro list, uh, getting the team to the playoffs. Um, hey, he, he has a, he has a million dollars on the line if the Saints win win the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's been an extremely active start to the new league year for the Saints. Michael Thomas is back, but several Saints free agents have moved on. A lot of them right in the NFC South. We'll cover that, along with all of the big decisions the Saints made during the first wave of free agency and what they mean for the team. But first and foremost, welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend, John Sigler. It's the Saints Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. John, how you doing this week? Oh man, I'm a little under the weather. You know, we we have have some uh, some pollen uh, floating floating about. Spring has sprung, uh, but hey, we're making the most of it. The Saints are keeping me busy. Yeah, especially that you haven't slept, right? You haven't slept. The Saints have been keeping you busy, man. I mean, I maybe mean, six I, hours of the My wa- yeah, my word, man. It's it's safe to say the Saints have like woken from their slumber a little bit. Extremely active since that Derek Carr signing, right? And uh, John, let's just kick it off like. Give us your 30,000 foot view on where the Saints are after the splashy portion of free agency, right? Like how much better is this team on paper than it was a year ago? You know, right now, um, I think they're better on the ground with with, with, uh, in the, with the trenches. I think they've made some good moves at defensive tackle. Um, I know that David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle were, 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 were solid players for the Saints, um, but that position group was a weakness for them. You know, they, they were they were really vulnerable right up the middle. And so swapping those guys out for Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders, I think those are two really good moves that, you know, you're getting younger, you're getting more dynamic, more athletic at those spots. Um, obviously they need to, they need to keep stacking depth there. They're going to need some more help. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. So I, I think, I think those are two good moves uh, offensively. Jamal Williams, uh, again, the saints are better on the ground than they were this year. He's better than every other running back they had, but Alvin Kamara last year, and even then, if you hey, if you, he he's the one who led the league in touchdown runs, not AK. So by a by a mile, by a mile, man, by by a country mile. So that was <clears throat> so that is a huge upgrade for the Saints at running back. Um, Derek Carr over Andy Dalton. I, you know, look, I know that people look at the at the box scores and they look at the stats and they, they say, well, how big of an upgrade is this really? And now there, there there's a lot more to it than you know completion percentage and yards per attempt and all that. Like the level of trust and the level of, you know, just general competency that Carr brings, it's it's on a totally different level. And he this offense is going to be run much more similarly to what we saw with Drew Brees at quarterback than what we've seen with, you know, Trevor Simeon and Andy Dalton and even Jameis Winston uh, at, at QB. So I think they're going to run a version of the offense that's much closer to what they want to be running. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm much higher on that move now than I was a few weeks ago. So, yeah, hey, I, th- I think the Saints are trending in the right direction. They've made a lot of moves that, on paper, they look, look like pretty good upgrades. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about the Saints right now. Yeah, just to circle back to Jamal Williams, I mean, that was, uh, that was a surprising uh, signing when it came yeah. out. I mean, I, I was surprised the Lions let him get away. He, he had such a good season for them. 17 rushing touchdowns last year for the Lions. And it's like, man, okay, I, I can see, man, that's interesting. How are they going to integrate him with Kamara, like Williams? Okay, let's see. But then you remember that Kamara could be suspended for 
six to eight weeks, John. So that kind of made this a really big position of need running back, right? And probably remains so even after this Williams signing. Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara, they've both been at their best when they've been working with another running back, whenever they're in a tandem and they're not having to carry the ball 25 times a game. Um, so I fully expect the Saints to keep looking at their options. They 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 they, they sent everyone who was available, it seemed like, to Tulane's pro, pro day to check in on Tajay Spears la, uh, last week. Um, so I, he's someone that's on their radar. I know that would make a lot of fans in New Orleans very happy. Um, yeah, so I think running back is still a priority for this team because you know ideally you'll have Kamara and you'll have Jamal Williams, uh, you know, tapping in and out uh, during a game. But like you said, if they're without AK for six to eight weeks. They're going to need another back, and I know, I know that they've had they have Eno Benjamin on the roster and Eric Gore is on the roster. You know, I think those guys are closer to camp bodies than viable you know starters or even role players in this offense. So that is a position group I'm going to be watching very carefully here on draft day. I think the Saints will have the best running back hair in the uh, NFL with Williams and uh, Kamara. There's, there's oh, no for doubt. Sure. Yeah, no, not no even doubt. a question. No doubt about that. Uh, give me a little bit more on these big defensive tackles. Uh, certainly the Saints making a concerted effort to uh, address that area, especially with, you know, as you said earlier, Onyemata going, you know, going elsewhere, going to the Falcons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the rival well, Falcons. Yeah. Uh, this, this kid Saunders um, agrees to a three-year deal. He's just he's just a big human, right? Uh, six feet, 324 pounds. Uh, just won the Super Bowl with the Saints. You guys wrote about him recently on Saints Chiefs, Wire. Chiefs. Oh, no, did I say Saints? Not the Saints just oh, yet, but I'm, hopefully we're turning in that direction. <laughs> projecting, I'm projecting. Sorry, I got Saints on the mind. Yeah, just won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Sorry about that. Thank you, John, for that correction. Just a, he's a big dude who I guess you would typically say, all right, he's going to stuff some gaps and and be a run stuffer, right? But he basically said in his presser that he wants to be more than that. Uh, how dynamic of a player could Saunders be for the Saints? You think, John? Man, he is startlingly agile for you know, being such a, such a large human being. Like if you go back and watch the Super Bowl, he, he killed several plays uh, that Jalen Hurst was trying to make with his legs just by being able to hustle and beat him to the sideline. Like, I, I don't know how many 324 pounders there are in this league who can beat Jalen Hurst to the sideline, but uh, Colin Saunders did it. And he, he's a very impressive young man. Um, again, just a fantastic athlete. I, I know that there's this video that's been going around of him backflipping while training for the draft a couple of years back. Um, but that wasn't just for show. Like, like he has legitimate, you know, lateral agility and some just very impressive lower body, core body strength. Um, I think he's going to be a big asset for this team, for a Saints team that really has struggled to guard these mobile quarterbacks. I think he's going to be a real, uh, a really effective addition for them up front. Now you look at at the the other free agent they signed up front. That's a, that's a Nathan Shepard from the Jets. He is a lot like Onyemata, where he's tall, he's strong, he he's just an all around athlete. But he's also been very disruptive in in, in the Jets' uh, defensive defensive line. Um, he's coming off probably the best year of his career as as a run defender, um, as a pass rusher, just just as an all around player. I I, I think he's very effective. I think he's still trending up. You know, he, you look at it and he is 29 years old, but I mean, he, he's he's a little older, but he, he doesn't have the mileage that a lot of guys his age do in the NFL. You know, he, he was old coming out of college. He went to Fort Hayes State. He's from Canada. Um, you know, like Onyemata, ironically, ironically, he went to Manitoba. And so they are some, yeah, so Shepard, I think, is going to be a starter for, for the Saints here. 
Um, and I, I think he's also the, uh, you know, the quote unquote elder statesman in that room where he, he's played a lot of games. He's played 58 games in, in this league. He, he's seen a lot. Uh, he, he's going to be a good veteran resource for younger players to lean on. Hopefully some younger players, the Saints are going to draft here in a few weeks. So yeah, I, I'm very high on both of those additions, and especially considering what the Saints paid versus what the Falcons paid to get on Yamada. Yeah, the Falcons are poaching all kinds of Saints. We'll talk about that here coming up in a little bit. Uh, yeah, the Saints definitely, they added on the defense. Uh, now, another big name that everybody's talking about, everybody's writing about is Jonathan Abram, right? The safety that they they just signed. And that's because he's a former first-round pick, uh, and everyone's going to be writing that, John, because it's true. That's that's, yeah. that's no, accurate. Guilty as charged. Yep, yeah, exactly. you got to write it. <laughs> But, you know, there's some red flags with Abram, right? Uh, first of all, uh, Vegas didn't pick up his fifth-year rookie option for 2023, and they waived him during the season. And then he was picked up by the Packers, who cut him after a few weeks, and then he finished the year with the Seahawks. So he was all over the place last year. Uh, and if you're into, like, the analytics sites, the numbers don't like Abram. Uh, I, I, I just kind of, like, looked it up before we started recording. Like, NFL Next Gen Stats has of the 121 players who have logged at least a thousand coverage snaps since 2019 abram the second highest completion set percentage against as the nearest defender so the analytic sites do not like abram he's bounced around a little bit uh what do you think about this signing it, there it does seem like why, why not kick the tires on the guy right but also it's like can he play type of deal yeah i, I think there's definitely a role for him um especially in run defense uh, that's where he's really shined in his career but yeah, you know, you, you don't want him starting. You don't want him getting exposed. You don't want him playing a lot of snaps for you in coverage specifically. So from the sounds of it, this is a one-year deal, probably close to the veterans minimum. Uh, so this is going to have minimal salary cap impact. Uh, he, and he's going to be fighting for a roster spot come training camp. Like he, he could very easily get pushed out of the picture if the Saints, uh, you know, if, if they can find a, a, a rookie who, who plays, who can play well, or if, um, you know, Smoke Monday an undrafted free agent from Auburn last year. If he comes up back from an injury and plays well, they, they could totally get, get him out of here. Um, but yeah, so Abram, you know, he misses a lot of tackles. He's been penalized kind of off, often at times earlier in his career. Um, he, he has a lot to prove, but again, he, 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 he brings a lot of experience. Uh, and I think this would rather have him, you know, competing for a roster spot than guys that we saw last year. So, yeah, wish him the best. And uh, he, he's definitely going to be someone to watch this summer. All right. Now, I want to get your take on some of the guys the Saints brought back. Um, some some names to get excited about there. But just before, any other names pop on, on guys that the Saints brought in as free agents, John? Uh, you know, my favorite name, Storm Norton. It's a, here comes the storm. That's a, that's a you can have fun with all kinds of. Uh, headlines on Saints Wire if he starts playing meaningful snaps for the Saints. Uh, I know Lonnie Johnson Jr., I mean, a, a kind of a guy who can play wherever you want. As he's not like a corner or a safety. He's more like a defensive back, right? He can play wherever. So uh, one of those positionless players uh, that, that the Saints can deploy. Uh, anyone popping that the Saints brought in that we haven't covered yet? Oh, man. Um, you know, just looking at it, uh, the thing that stands out to me isn't the, the specific players so much as it is is you know the, the the role that they're going to be here uh, competing for and the vision for them on this team. You know Dennis Allen is really leaning on his strength as a coach and his background as a coach uh, in in working with defensive backs and working with the secondary and um 
I think that's been a real point of emphasis where they have all, they've been bringing in all these veteran safeties and veteran defensive backs. You know, they, they, they signed Ugo Amadi, a former Seahawks starter before free agency started. And they brought in Lonnie Johnson, Jr., Jonathan Abram. And that's when they already have a couple of veteran starters in, in there with the Tyron, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. They've got a, they've got an experienced backup and JP Gray um, smoke Monday. We, we mentioned him earlier. He'll, he'll be competing for, for a job in training camp. And I, th- I think Dennis Allen, he's he's looking at this, you know, the way he has all along, which is, hey, if things don't turn around, I'm, I'm out, I'm out of here. So I'm going to go out, um, really trying to lean on th- things that I believe in, and getting a getting a quarterback that I believed in enough to draft uh, back in the day, and then to bring him in, in here, someone that I, I I trust can execute the offense the way we want to run it, and I want and that that he wants to bring in these uh, new position coaches on defense who share his vision that he trusts to, you know, execute the assignment. So, you know, look, sink or swim, this team is being built the way he wants it to be built. And we're seeing that kind of reflected here where the Saints are making it a priority to bring in all of these, you know, veteran safeties and defensive backs here in the, in the first week, week or two of free agency. Yeah, a lot of veterans, a lot of one-year deals, right? Yeah. So it, it is fascinating. Do you think you think Dennis Allen's operating as if he knows maybe his job is on the line this time, even though, uh, you know, the GM threw his weight behind him this offseason. John, do you think he's starting to feel the pressure a little bit that it needs to improve this season, given some of the moves that the Saints have made? Yeah, I think so, because the Saints, I mean, they've, they've been showing a great sense of urgency lately where they were very active in the first few days of free agency. They, you know, they were very proactive in pursuing Derek Carr. Yeah, you know, they, they've really been uh, Johnny on the spot here, <laughs> and I, I think that's going to continue. They're going to continue to act aggressively, and I think that's going to be reflected in their draft strategy. Now, one of the big cheerleaders for Derek Carr was Michael Thomas. We talked about that the last time we were on here recording this offseason, John. And uh, Michael Thomas is back, so that's exciting. It's, it's, it's great to have MT back with the yeah. Saints. Um, would have sucked to see him move on and especially move on, get healthy, and start dominating again somewhere else. That would have that sucked. Uh but I just I'm not smart enough to understand this contract, so I was hoping that you could maybe uh, explain it to me and, and the other fans like me who have no idea what uh, these crazy roster bonuses. I mean, I'm reading the article from from ESPN. It, the uh, the contract is a it's a two year extension, but it it includes roster bonuses of thirty one point seven million, twenty eight point seven million, and fifty eight point six million if he's on the roster by a certain date next offseason. So uh, you were basically telling me, John, when I was trying to figure out what the hell this all means you were basically telling me that you're you're not going to find a more unique contract around the nfl than the one michael thomas got <laughs> from the saints but what it means is he's back for 2023 right i think i have that one that part of it down but give us a little bit more of the details of what this contract actually means for thomas and the saints yeah man and, and you know it, it feels like this thing gets more complicated the more we talk about it so i'll try and keep it concise here That's so good. at the end of the day what this means is thomas is going to be back in 23 he'll be back for this season the Saints can be right back where they started this time next year, where they need to get back to the negotiating table and say, hey, are we going to redo this deal again, or are we going to have to let you go? And Thomas is betting on himself in a really big way. He's be- he, he agreed to a ton of contract incentives based on him being healthy on the 53-man roster, being healthy and available on the active roster each week. And for catching, you know, certain numbers of passes, touchdown receptions, being selected for the Pro Bowl, the All Pro list, uh, getting the team to the playoffs. Um, hey, he, he has a, he has a million dollars on the line if the Saints win win the Super Bowl, uh, and and if, and if he's named the Super Bowl MVP. So not bad, he, yeah, not bad at all. So 
you know, if look, if he cashes in on all of this, you know, this contract can be worth up to $15 million just in, with all of those incentives in the bag. He's going to be, you know, working very hard to stay, to, to be available, to stay, to stay in the lineup every week. Um, I think this really says a lot about where his mindset is at and what he's hoping to, to achieve this year. So he's back for t- 2023. We'll circle back here, kind of look on how the season went in 24 and see if he's going to continue to be in the plans uh, after this year. But right now, Michael Thomas is on the same page as the saints and they're, you know, they're eager to get to work. Well, it's good that he's back. I like that. And it's good that Juwan Johnson's back, right? We talked about yes, that player yes. as well. I mean, it, it really, they had nothing to lose with Juwan Johnson, right? Just, it, it feels like one of those signings, like it's nothing to lose in everything the game with gang with this player. Uh, he just, it's a, it's a team friendly deal, like two years, 12 million for a, an ascending young tight end, like sign me up for that. You know what I mean? And I just oh, think yeah. there's still untapped potential with the player. Derek Carr loves his tight ends. Uh, it, it just yep. seems like, again, a nothing to lose everything in the game kind of resigning with, uh, with Juwan Johnson. For sure. And yeah, he, he's a young guy who's still, you know, he, he, look, he's still nailing down everything about playing tight end in the NFL. He, he was a receiver in college and his first year with the Saints. Um, he, he's packed on a ton of muscle to, you know, start at tight end each week. And, you know, his, his arrow is continuing to trend up. And just like you said, Derek Carr loves his tight ends. He uh, put Darren Waller on, on the map with, with Las Vegas the last few years. And I think Jawan Johnson sees this as an opportunity to really boost his stock whenever he's up for a new contract in two seasons. So um, I'm really pleased that the Saints brought him back when, when, when they did. And uh, we'll see if maybe they can find him in a, a number two tight end to uh, you know help him take that next step forward. Now, in terms of some of the Saints that are moving on, John, uh, some of the guys that we were we were talking about a couple weeks ago, Anyamada, obviously we we talked about. I mean, he just he got a bag of money from the Falcons, three years, thirty five million, twenty four and a half yeah. guaranteed for David Anyamada. So uh, tip tip the hat to David. He got himself paid. Good for him. Marcus Davenport, we saw that coming. He left for a one year deal with Minnesota. Caden Ellis, another one that I know Saints fans were hoping would return. He gets a three-year, $21.5 million deal, $11 million guaranteed with the Falcons. So, uh, And then Shai Tuttle, he goes to the Panthers, $13 million guaranteed. It's like, why are all these players either leaving for the Falcons or the NFC South, John? Like, what the hell's going on <laughs> hey, here? Andy Dalton did, too, now. Yeah, Dalton, too. Yeah, yeah, I can't forget about him. Yeah, he's, like, also, he's also in Carolina. So The Rocket. So what's going yeah. on here? What, like, we're going to see these guys plenty. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I've gotten I've gotten some questions about that. Like, uh, what what happened to a sense of loyalty, and how, how could they go to a division rival and all this? And it, was the money really that good? And, and the answer is yes, the money was very good. Yes, yes. Um, Caden Ellis, you know, he he's only got one real season of production to show in, in four years in the NFL, and he was able to get eleven and a half million guaranteed uh, from from Atlanta. So that that, that is life changing money for that young man. Uh, I, I don't hold it against him whatsoever. <laughs> you know, even if I'm going to hate seeing him play for the Dirty Birds. Same thing with Onyemata. You know, he he has not been the same player since before that PED suspension a few years back, and he is going in. He is going to get as much money in guarantees as the Saints um, uh, are paying to both of the defensive tackles they signed in free agency last week. So th- these guys did really well for themselves and. <clears throat> you know, hey, I, I wish them the best uh, individually. I hope the teams they're on never win anything ever again. Yes. And uh, certainly not when, when they're sharing the field with New Orleans. Yeah, it's going to be hard to root for those guys now. They're going to division rivals. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for me as a Patriots fan, Deontay Hardy, what are you doing going to the Bills? Come on, man. 
so yeah, Deontay Hardy goes to the Bills. I thought he actually got a pretty nice little contract as well. Uh, you know, considering I don't know, there's a lot of opportunity with the Saints, and he never really caught on too much. Uh, you know, given all the opportunity the Saints had at wide receiver, instead it was guys like you know a guy like Rashid Rashid Shahid kind of stepped up last year instead. But uh, what about wide receiver John? We I mean we talked about Michael Thomas. He's back. How healthy will he be? We know he's gambling on himself. I, I liked how you put that gambling. What four, what was it? Four million on himself to stay healthy. Five million. Yeah. Oh, five million. Okay. So Thomas is back. He's gambling on himself. I trust him. I mean, you're putting five million on the line. I'd stay healthy. I'd find a way, John, if that was me. Uh, but you know, we need more in that room, right next to Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Uh, so I think wide receiver becomes a pretty big need entering the draft or this back half of free agency. You see, what do you see going down there? Yeah, you know, I, I know that there, there's a lot of fans who are excited about about Shahid and Olave, and, and rightfully so. Those, those were two of the bright spots on offense last year. Um, I don't know, know that you necessarily want to throw both of those guys into the fire and say, okay, you're starting 17 games. Good luck. Um, I think it would be worthwhile to find another receiver who can kind of help them shoulder the load there. Because if either one of them, you know, experiences a bit of a sophomore slump, then, the, you know, the offense is going to take a big step back. So you kind of want to have another receiver in the room who can help you dictate the matchups for those guys, dictate the assignments and make sure that they're playing to their strengths, you know, against opponents that they can, you know, run against with confidence and know that, Hey, I can beat this guy. So yeah, receiver, I I think is a position to watch out for free agency. There's not, it's kind of slim pickings at this point. Um, So I think that the draft may be the best path forward there for, for, for New Orleans. Um, one, 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 one prospect we know they're looking hard at what is Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. They sent the receivers coach, Cody Burns, to his pro day in, 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 in Iowa. And by all accounts, he, he just did, he did a, a stellar job. And he caught everything thrown his way. He looked, moved well in position drills. Um, I believe the quote from a Tony Pauline at Pro Football Network was, uh, the Saints saw what they wanted to or what, what they were here to see. So he, he's somebody to watch there in the third round of, of, of the draft. And uh, he would make a lot of sense. You know, stylistically, he's very similar to Jarvis Landry, uh, but he's he's got some pretty impressive athleticism. He's much faster. He's a little bit bigger. Uh, he's got a similar catch radius. Um, he's more agile, but, it, but he works there in the shorter range of the field. And what he really specializes in is making catches and, t- and taking off after the catch. I think he averaged five yards after the catch uh, for the Cyclones the last few years. So, He's a, he's a pretty impressive player. The Saints are taking a look at him. He, I would not be shocked at all if they pick someone like him on draft day. Yeah, and there are, there are I mean, I, I agree with you in terms of the free agents, John, uh, Slim Pickens for sure. There are a couple guys, though, that I still think could, could help a team, like McCole Hardman. If he's healthy, I know he battled a lot of injuries last year, but oh, he just signed with the Jets, man. Just signed with the J- oh, not the Jets, not the Jets. Yeah, oh. yeah you, you'll be seeing him twice a year. <laughs> All right, scratch that one. What about the the kid from the Falcons? Like maybe we could steal someone from the Falcons for a change. They're stealing all the Saints. Like that Alamade uh, Zacchaeus. Yeah, he, he's a yeah, young yeah. little receiver. I don't know, maybe something like that. Uh, who knows? But I, mean, I, I agree with you. I think draft is uh, that makes the most sense. Uh, running back. That remains, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Tajay Spears from Tulane earlier. I mean, running back's going to remain a big need, right? Because of all the uncertainty surrounding Kamara. We still, we obviously we have Jamal Williams in the fold, but uh, I know you love Tajay Spears. Uh, so does Matty Hudak, who is a, a big Tulane fan, right? So, uh, and, and you were telling me some, some pretty good stories about 
the Saints and this player, and there seems to be a mutual respect and connection there. So I think we we might be honing in on this player, Tajay Spears, uh, maybe in a, at a future Saints mock draft, the official Saints wire mock draft. I think I think Spears might be on there. Yeah, uh, you know, it feels like he's been involved in almost every mock draft that Saints fans have put together this offseason. Um, he is a very popular player in New Orleans. Uh, he's from the area. He's got a lot of fans from from Tulane, uh, from when he was playing high school ball. Uh, he he he's he's kind of, kind of he's almost like a hometown hero. And there's a lot of people hoping that he'll end up in New Orleans. And the Saints are showing a lot of interest here. The running backs coach uh, Joel Thomas put him through a person like a a private public workout where, where he kind of waved off the other coaches and scouts who were there at his pro day and uh, personally ran all the drills with, with the uh, Tajay Spears. Um, Dennis Allen was there. Mickey Loomis was, was there. Jeff Ireland, I believe was in attendance. So it's like everyone who was available um, made the trip over to Yulman stadium to, to keep tabs on Tajay Spears. And, you know, he, he, I'm sure he would love to play for the saints being from the area and the saints would probably like to have him. So hopefully that can work, that can work out. In, in a way that makes everyone happy on draft day. He, he's someone to look at in rounds two or three, I think. Um, I just don't see him making it to the to the fourth round, I, I, given how well he played last year for Tulane. Yeah, I agree. It might have to be one of those earlier picks, but I just can't get the Jets out of my head. So so you're telling me, John, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, Elijah Moore, like that's like they got all kinds of receivers over there with the Jets. And they still have to get all of Aaron Rodgers' other buddies, right? Like Randall Cobb and all of them. What are the <laughs> yeah. Jets up to over there? My goodness. Stealing our guy, yeah. McCole Hardman. Uh, well, maybe, look, maybe we can steal theirs, Elijah Moore. I, yeah, I, I we know could, there were a lot of Saints I, fans exactly. who wanted him in the draft a few, exactly. few years back. Um, he, he would be he would be like an ideal slot receiver in this offense. I know he's a little small. He's a little on the smaller side, just like uh, Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. But, I mean, hey, he, he can separate. He can make tough catches. I, I would love to see him in black and gold. Embarrassment of riches over there. I mean, what are they yeah. they're just going to bury these young receivers? So that's an interesting strategy for the Jets. Let's see if it pays off. Uh, what what else what else sticks out to you in terms of like what's next for the Saints, John? Um, obviously, we defensive end with Marcus Davenport uh, moving on that that becomes a position of need would make a ton of sense if they went defensive end in round one of the draft. Uh, just defensive line depth in in general. Um, and maybe some more offensive linemen that would help, especially in the interior, right? I mean, what do you what's what's next for the Saints, and what becomes the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what tops their needs list now, heading into you know this the final wave of free agency, and then as we get to start prepping for the draft. Yeah, they're still looking for another tight end. That that that's a priority for them. Um, Adam Troutman has not developed the way they they hoped to this point in his career, and I think they want to minimize his role on the offense uh, going into the last year of his rookie contract. Um, they hosted a former LSU and, Ra- and Raiders uh, tight end Foster Moreau last week on a free agent visit last weekend. Um, he's also visited with the Bengals, so he's probably weighing a couple of offers to, before deciding where he's going to sign. He, he would make a lot of sense for them. You know, he already has an established connection with Derek Carr. Uh, he, he's a competent blocker. Um, oh shoot, uh, the Browns are trading for Elijah Moore with the Jets. Oh jeez, oh man. man, I thought Mickey. <sighs> Right before we could post this and Mickey Loomis could listen. Yeah, out, out of the frying pan, into the fire. Um, anyway. You, almost, you, had a, you had a feeling one of those guys had to, it was just too many running, uh, it's too many receivers in that room. Yeah, and, you know, more, he had that trade request last year, so yes. it kind of felt like that's the way this was going. Um, whatever, man. Look, if Aaron Rodgers would rather catch passes from a, a 
38 year old Randall Randall Cobb than a 23 year old Elijah Moore. More power to him. More power to him. 100. Uh, percent Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So back 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 to Foster Moreau at tight tight end. I don't know that the Saints are going to land him. I think they're trying to. And so they they have it's been widely reported that they want to upgrade at tight end. You know, after after signing, um, after after extending Jawan Johnson, they want another tight end, and they don't think Troutman is the answer. And I expect they'll they'll draft one if they cannot sign Foster Moreau or someone like him in free agency. So that's going to continue to be a point of emphasis. And there are you know look, everyone has been saying this is the deepest tight end draft they can remember. So yes. there will be plenty of options there in the top three rounds for the Saints to find help. So you look at the other positions, I agree with you about the interior line. Uh, the way things stand right now, both of their guards are going to be free agents this time next year, where Cesar Ruiz, uh, the Saints have until May 1st to make a decision on his fifth-year option if they don't choose to exercise that, and they probably won't because it's going to cost them a little over $14 million to do it. Um, then he'll be a free agent, and they – whenever Andrus Pete agreed to take a pay cut last year, the trade-off was that the saints would let him be a free agent in the, in the spring. So but the left guard and the right guard for the saints could both be free agents this time next year. So it would make sense to draft a guard to replace at least one of them. Uh, if both guys uh, move on. So that's something to look for. And then you also mentioned the defensive line depth that's continuing to be an area of concern, you know, you know, I know they, they just uh, re-signed out Malcolm Roach, but they've only got three or four defensive tackles to work with right now. You know, in, they, they like to, to play at least four of those guys, sometimes five, during games. So uh, I, could, I, I expect them to draft a DT at some point. Uh, it, would, it would make sense to get a defensive end as well. You know, Carl Granderson probably isn't a starting quality uh, defensive end. Uh, he's, he's a solid pass rusher a good third down specialist, and he has developed pretty well over the years, but he still isn't somebody you want playing, you know, 60, 70 snaps uh, each week. So I could see them drafting a defensive end as well, which speaks pretty poorly of Peyton Turner and the lack of development that we've seen out of him through, through two years and all the time that he's he's been missing. So they're not, they're certainly not done yet. You know, the Saints uh, believe right now they have the sixth, the, the, like the sixth or seventh most cap space around the league. They're, they're, I know they're top 10. <laughs> so they're going to continue signing veteran players, uh, signing free agents, being active in the market and trying to get this roster set going into the draft. Yeah. They've been a fascinating team to follow. They're they're They definitely have been spending and they got more spending to do. We haven't even covered linebacker, right? They got a, there's a, there's a need there with Caden Ellis moving on. So there's a, there's a lot of holes to, to, to fill for the saints. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Foster Barrow makes a ton of sense at tight end. But yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been great catching up with you, man. Thanks for all the knowledge. Uh, and I guess you know, shameless plug. We'll just send folks to the Saints Wire for the latest. But yeah. we'll have to get back to really dig into the draft here. Uh, you know, as we as we get into that, and maybe in a couple weeks here. Yeah, man, the calendar keeps moving, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to get deeper into it. All right. So for John Sigler, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. As always, we'll catch you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.